Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. I'm going to spare you the music tonight, at least for a moment, folks. By the way, welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. And thank you for being here, Seth Spotlow. It's great to see you after a week away. I know, man. It feels like it's been forever. And, and I know. It's amazing. Absence really does make the heart grow fonder. I know, man. In, in a platonic yeah, friendship man. way. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Baseball, football. No, <laughs> no touch about, life partner. Let's talk about Nine Inch Nails. And, uh, well, Prince is a bad example. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, Facebook, ladies and gentlemen, they've gone too far. They've gone way too far. What they do? You know, they've been on this big kick of censoring content. You know, at first it was the white supremacists and the Nazis. You know, the Nazis. It was a Nazi! It was a Nazi man! Like you. I'm not a Nazi. No, you're not. I mean, just, it's just fun to call you one. And I like the idea of a Native American Nazi. It's just like, why? <laughs> that you, they would have hurt you. Somebody asked me, they're like, what's up with the Nazi thing? Are you a Nazi? I'm like, no. <laughs> why would you think that, G? <laughs> You're doing a thing. It's right? so evil, I know. It's so much fun. But at first, it started with the white supremacists, the Nazis, the, the hate groups. And they included in black separatists as well. Like, you know. Like the black Israelites who got caught up in the Covenant Catholic school kids controversy. They were the ones yelling all sorts of terrible things at everybody on the Capitol Hill steps that day. Or the Lincoln Memorial steps, excuse me. But it started with the so-called hate groups. Then it became about, like, guns and whatnot. Essentially, anything Facebook finds vulgar, hateful... Not up to community standards. Not up to stuff. You know what? It didn't actually begin with the hate groups. You know what it began with? Because this always leads the way, folks. It led the way on the internet. It led the way on online payment processing. It began with pornography. Yeah, some lady breastfeeding a baby in public. Yeah, now they're getting rid of that. <laughs> but they've gone too far now for Joey standards. Oh, no. I've sat back, said, yeah, Facebook's a private company. They can do what they want. And I still stand by that standard, but now you've gone and pissed me off, Facebook. You've gone and pissed me right off. Here's the reason. I own, and I think it's worth a, a pretty penny, now, it's not worth anything until somebody's willing to pay for it. I get that. But I own an original UK pressing of Led Zeppelin's Houses of the Holy. Mm. You know, the mm -hmm. album has the song remains the same. The album has the rain song. Oh, my goodness. So good. Over the Hills and Far Away, that's one of the first songs I learned to play on guitar. I can still play it to really? this day. Cool. Yeah, That beginning... Dun, 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 dun. Hey, lady... <laughs> Yeah, you got the love I need. <laughs> and then it goes into the crunge, which is Zeppelin's attempt to do, like, James Brown funk music. It's pretty good. 
Dancing Days oh, are here again. Yeah. Great song. What? How does it? It's there's. I've always said Dire Maker, but it's some. It's that's not the actual way to say it. But everybody knows what I'm talking about. No quarter, and then this album, which I have an original UK pressing on vinyl, worth a pretty penny if I ever chose to sell it. But you know, better not. And the album closes with this doozy of a song. What a great classic guitar riff. Oh, Oh, I startled you there, folks. The Ocean. But it was just reported today by Loudwire, as well as other outlets, that Facebook has started to ban Led Zeppelin's Houses of the Holy artwork. You remember this classic artwork, Seth? Oh, yeah. Are the black bars supposed to be there? No. <laughs> right. In the original album artwork, if folks can remember it, it's essentially a photo collage that adorns Zeppelin's fifth album. Originally captured among the basalt columns of Northern Ireland's Giants Causeway. It's a surreal image, a group of naked figures portrayed by two child models. I've seen this album cover for years, as long as I've been around listening to Zeppelin, which I started listening to them probably when I was 13, 14. I discovered Zeppelin on my own. Oh, yeah. Same here. One through four, man. Oh, and then five is amazing. This is a killer. Houses of the Holy is an amazing album. Tape, man. (laughs) And this album has been out for decades. Not once did I look at this album art and think it was anything like child pornography or untoward or anything. It seemed like a surreal image, like you, like mythology. I always thought it was a painting. Right. And so, because you can see, you know, the kids, it's not frontal, it's kids climbing up these steps. You see little... It's kind of this surreal, dreamlike image that you might have as a kid. Well, Facebook is now banning it. There is a woman named Michelle Chaotic. At least that's her internet name. If that's her actual last name. My God, have we come a far away. Congratulations, America. (laughs) We now have people with the last name Chaotic with a K and no H. Yeah. Watch out for her. She was surprised to find an image of the Houses of the Holy Cover she uploaded in 2011. Been up on Facebook, the Book of Faces for years, had suddenly been removed. At the time, she supplied the image to a Facebook event page in honor of the Led Zeppelin album's anniversary. At first, she says, I was at shock. It was a one-off thing. But she soon learned that others had experienced the same difficulty, including a friend with a Jimmy Page fan page who was locked out of their account after posting the album artwork. In 2019, a Change.org petition was created to address the issue, indicating the matter was affecting other Zeppelin fans. But when Chaotic, Lady Michelle here, shared the petition from Change.org on the Book of Faces, she ran into more barriers from the social media company. Within 30 minutes of posting this petition, 
She said it was flagged for violating Facebook's content guidelines. I received a notice that the post went against community standards. I then created another post mentioning how the petition was removed. Before too long, everyone was commenting, indicating they had shared the petition and had been given warnings. The link to the petition was being removed by anyone sharing it, all because the thumbnail image was the album cover. I even had page members message me to indicate that they had been given 24-hour bans. Some even received three days. Are they going to do this not just to Led Zeppelin, but to classical art? Any nudity? Never mind. Like, what's the, the classic, the David statue, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, what is wrong with these companies? Now, we could chalk this up to Facebook has crappy algorithms. They're doing the best they can to regulate yeah. this stuff. But at a certain point, it's like if we believe in free speech and we believe in freedom in general for grown people, are there not basic understandings that people should be able to share what they want? And if you don't like it, you cannot follow that person. Ah, key. Wow. You can even ban people. On your own. You don't need Facebook to do it for you. They've given you that function for years. I've got it for you, man. You know what's next, right? Hmm. It starts with this. Prince is next. Yeah. Prince I mean, is the, next, man. The uh, Love Sexy album cover is, I mean, it's pretty androgynous, number one. Yeah, man. But again, you see that album cover and you're not like, it doesn't, to me, come across as like an explicitly sexual image. It comes across as kind of this surreal. If you actually know the Love Sexy album, it's really a, an ode to finding the transcendent and finding God. Like, the whole story there is he made an album called The Black Album that he realized was very dark and almost satanic. He had this revelation that, and that tour, I mean, you think whatever you want of his royal badness, but he had thousands and thousands of people in an arena and all across arenas all across Europe saying love is God, God is love girls and boys love God above oh. that, that guy's doing that in the late 80's and that's what that album's about but this is the lack of nuance and this is what I can't stand about censorship is that you think that a censor is going to be some enlightened philosopher king that really is looking out for people's best interests. But no, the censors are usually insecure, overly sensitive dolts. Who don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. Old white guys. Or, you know, women who get their panties in a wad, like Tipper Gore. Oh my God! I bought the Purple Rain album, and he has a song on it about meeting a girl, and she was doing something with a magazine in a hotel lobby. My daughter can't listen to this. Maybe you should have checked it out beforehand, Tipper, instead of going, this is popular, and everything that's popular must be so PG. It's absurd. It takes me back to those old uh, PMRC hearings. That was spurred. Tipper Gore ran the PMRC. It's something for like the parental music, whatever, resource group or whatever. And they brought all these artists in. I uh, and uh, Frank Zappa's appearance, and Al Gore's on the on the committee, and Frank Zappa actually gives these people a master class in, in free speech. I, I don't know anything else about Zappa's politics, but... In that moment, on that issue of freedom of speech, 
Zappa was masterful. They also bring in Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister. And you think, oh, Dee Snyder, this tall freak with the crazy hair, said, we're not going to take it. <laughs> you, know, you think, okay, he's, he's not going to be eloquent at all. He's freaking brilliant. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to say that, I think the song was Under the Knife or something like that. Under the Blade something. And they were claiming, the PMRC, that this is a song about sadomasochism. And he's like, actually, no, in this case, you know, I can be a pervert. And actually, Dee Snyder said, I, I try to raise my kids correctly. I'm actually a pretty straight-laced guy by y'all's standards. But in this case, y'all are the perverts. That song's about the fear of undergoing the knife in surgery. That's really what inspired me to write that song. My crazy phobia of having to go under for surgery. And yet... You, you moral crusaders trying to protect the children of the world, looked at that song and the lyrics of that song and listened to that song and thought it was about BDSM. (laughs) Who's the pervert? So it's just, it's at a certain point, folks, we just have to watch out for what's going on. It's not really a technology issue in my mind. It's not really a... Facebook or Twitter have too much power or Google has too much power? Because, I mean, what are we going to do about it other than run to the government? I just saw a bill that came out today um, from some idiot in Missouri, the show me state. Yeah, show me. I'll show you. I got it right here for you. <laughs> Give me a break. Essentially wants to have the government take over speech on the internet. No, it's not. Explicitly, we get to control everything everybody says. But it is pretty close to that. Very, very close to that. Uh, It was an article I found today in Reason.com. It's Josh Hawley. He introduced a bill, essentially, to put Washington, D.C. in charge of speech. The same people who constantly are spending too much money, getting us involved in too many wars abroad, not really looking after the best interests of people in this diverse, wonderful nation of ours, but instead, they're now bitching about Facebook and Twitter. Such seriousness. He's introducing legislation to clamp down on free expression online. It's under the pretense, though, and please, my Republican and conservative friends, do not fall for this. Do not The fairness doctrine did not help the Republican conservative cause. It's only when that is removed that conservative talk radio really boomed. His solution, let's be technical about this, he wants to amend Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. It's a measure that prevents individual users of Internet platforms and the companies that run them from being treated as legally indistinguishable from one another. So essentially Facebook can say... So-and-so said some crazy crap. We agree they said crazy crap. If you want to sue them for libel or slander, go ahead. But we're not responsible for what, you know, uh, Seth Spotlow says. It was a Nazi man! Love you, man. Love you. But without it, digital companies and the users of their products, that pretty much as all of us, could be sued in civil court or subject to state criminal prosecution over content and messages created and published by others. Now, states' attorneys general have been howling about this situation where essentially Facebook and Twitter are created as 
common carrier carriers are designated as common carriers. And they've been complaining about it for more than a decade because it means that only the federal government can criminally prosecute Internet intermediaries. Thus, state prosecutors don't have the opportunity to, say, seize assets, that is, you know, take money, and bring in big financial settlements themselves. As Attorney General of Missouri, Hawley joined in the tradition of, say, Kamala Harris on the Democratic side of the aisle when she was Attorney General of California and the top cops from many other states in begging Congress to amend Section 230. The first time around, back in 2013, the excuse Attorneys General gave was that child sex trafficking was going on online, falsely insisting that Section 230 stopped knowing perpetrators of this horrific crime from being brought to justice. But, you know, here's the thing. There's already laws on the books where they easily could have and not touch Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act. It proved a successful ruse, though, in resulting in the 2018 passes of FOSTA, which both amended Section 230 and made facilitating prostitution a federal crime. Politicians were emboldened in this power grab for online speech. So now, national and state leaders are insisting that Section 230 must be destroyed in order to fight foreign influence in our elections. The manipulated videos known as deepfakes, we got to watch out for those. Fentanyl trafficking, gun violence, and an array of other sometimes real, sometimes imaginary problems. For Republican leaders, chief among them Holly from Missouri, Missouri, this has led to the truly Orwellian tact of trying to convince conservative internet users that taking away protection for online speech will somehow allow them to speak more freely. But it's nonsensical. His legislation is misleadingly called, and this goes back to reading our Ayn Rand, ending support for Internet Censorship Act by allowing the government to censor certain types of speech or really control the people running these websites and online platforms. This measure, put forward by a Republican in the name of allowing conservatives to speak more freely and stop censorship, would give the government control over online speech by denying Section 230 protections to platforms that don't hand over an array of private intellectual property and prove to a bunch of partisan political appointees that they are operating in a quote-unquote, politically neutral manner. Essentially, this senator from the Show Me State wants to revive the old fairness doctrine and apply this cursed policy paradigm to anything online. It is a nightmare. I don't like that Facebook is censoring the artwork from Led Zeppelin's Houses of the Holy. Because I think At the end of the day, what pisses me off about it the most is I'm a big Led Zeppelin fan, and the reasons they might have for censoring it are just dumb. There's not much nuance and thought to it. It's just dumb. But it has to be done. (laughs) It's just going to get dumber. And the reasons are going to get dumber. And if you gave this the government, this authority censorship would get much worse. Because how do you... Make sure Facebook's a politically neutral platform other than by censoring certain types of speech or making sure it has equal time. It's just asinine. And the government will not be able to do this in an even-handed way. This is why 
the main rule we have when it comes to the government and freedom of expression is the First Amendment. It says freedom is the best policy. Now, is freedom perfect? Does freedom allow hateful people, perverted people, violent people, crude people, rude people, all sorts of people to speak? Yes, it does. But if you go about trying to create rules that shut down those people, you're leaving the door wide open that your speech will be violated, even if you don't think you're rude and crude and perverted or hateful. And in fact, if you create those rules, some people that are very good at playing the game of being civil. We heard Joe Biden today talk about, can't we have the good old days of civility where I got along with old racist segregationists from the Deep South? (laughs) Yeah, those guys were so civil, Joe. Same way those people trying to censor music and certain lyrics and artwork in stores were so civil in the way they went about it. But they're the ones with all the money and all the guns and all the laws. And that's how it works. You can put on the civil proper face, whether you're on the right or the left. And as long as you're politically correct enough, then you're civil. When behind that mask of civility and political correctness, you're some of the most hateful SOBs and MFers I've ever seen. It's not hate in the classic sense. It's not your famous forms of prejudice and bigotry, but it is a sort of hatred of anything a little different and a hatred of anybody being able to express themselves when it makes you uncomfortable and especially challenges your power over a situation. It's absurd. Instead of of hate to your face, it's hate behind a curtain. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're very aware of that, having grown up in Alabama. Aren't we? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Come on. Bless your heart. <laughs> Bless your heart. Your free-thinking heart. Government. Oh. Bless your heart, Facebook. Bless all your it's effing hearts. Go down in flames. It's just ridiculous. Uh, we have to watch out for this, folks. I know we're all riled up. Facebook, like I just said, does things I don't like. Twitter does things I don't like. But at the end of the day, I still have my Houses of the Holy album. And there are all sorts of platforms online, like this Loudwire is obviously going to display the album artwork of a classic rock album. One of the most influential out there. So just because Facebook doesn't like it, you can still send an email. You can still communicate these great pieces of history and art with people very easily. And you better believe there are people with money and the brains already trying to create platforms that don't do this crap. That essentially will only censor and take something down if somebody breaks the law by traditional standards. Like, you know, ISIS is like, be here at this time so we can blow something up. Yeah, we should take that down, you know. But it is just absurd where we're going with this. We need to calm down and get our politically-minded heads out of our asses. It seemed like they tried too hard when they put the bar. They could have just fogged it out a little bit. (laughs) Hid the crack, but they put like a two-foot bar. Oh, you're talking about the House of the Holy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that's a joke Loudwire's just doing. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) That's just a joke. uh, They know what they're doing. But we got to hit this right. When we come back, I want to... We've been forgetting about our elders. Oh. Mm-hmm. Not just the geriatrics and politics, but just our, we need to share news that could maybe interest people. How to 
have a great life when you're a little bit older, but also how to maybe fight off aging. I've been hanging out with Greg. <laughs> I hope he's not listening. Joey Clark. Coming into a little David Bowie. Some of my favorite, well, one of my favorite things in this life is when I find some studies that are very well researched and the experiment is well crafted, but you end up saying once the well-researched, well-crafted study and experiment come to their conclusion, so you needed an experiment and research for that? Let me give you a for instance. I have two here, and they both can apply to those a little up there in age. But I think, you know, it could apply to anybody. It's always good to get started early. But it's not too late if you are feeling like, you know, in the autumn or winter of your life. For instance, there is a study out there that seniors, senior citizens who have sex regularly or are just even fooling around a little bit. I mean, have you, you've heard about the VD outbreak at, like, assisted living homes, right, and all that stuff? Way to go, old folks. I mean, but if you're, you know... Hey, why not? You're fixing to die anyway. They got the medications to aid the men. I mean, I'm yeah. sure, like, yeah, and you're, maybe your spouse is not alive anymore. It's like, have fun. You just need to give them some more protection. Yeah, have, you have a little, you know, dance in the ballroom. A little, a little uh, sex ed. And then a little, little look and be a lady tonight. <laughs> I get a kick out of you. Yeah, and then get it on. But apparently, <laughs> seniors who have sex regularly can significantly improve their well-being and contentment in life, a new study finds. This is researchers from Anglia Ruskin University and University College Lunyon. Lunyon. I am... Lunyon? Where is that? Good Lord. I, I've never I, heard of that. I'm going too fast and I'm, I'm tired already. Getting tongue-tied, folks. University College of London. <laughs> like London, England. They found seniors who reported any type of sexual activity within the previous 12 months felt greater levels of enjoyment and satisfaction <laughs> in their lives compared to sexually inactive individuals. Results were based on survey data from 6,879 participants in England who were 65 years old on average. So, but this is one of those instances where you go, you needed to survey over 6,000 senior citizens in order to say that people who have sex more often have a better and happier life than people who don't. Do you think that... They Give me a break, man. You think they counted, like, one love, you know? Like, all by yourself? 
Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe we it, could look into it that. It works for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so they found there were differences between men and women based on the type of sexual activity. Oh. To your question, older women may improve their well-being more from intimate touching than from having sex. Oh. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, all yeah. this seems common sense and intuitive. Specifically, women who reported a greater frequency of kissing, petting, and fondling... It's now reminding me of last week. Felt more (laughs) satisfied in their lives. They also felt emotionally closer to their partner during the dirty deed. But intercourse did not significantly improve their overall levels of enjoyment or satisfaction in life. Now, I'm sure the men love hearing that. (laughs) Conversely, older men who were happy with their sex lives and had intercourse more frequently, reported greater enjoyment in life overall. In other words, and yeah, perhaps not surprisingly, perhaps, having sex was more crucial for older men to feel content, while women's well-being was more connected to affectionate acts. Smooching? Mm-hmm. And... That. No, and just and like hugging yeah, and cuddling. There's nothing wrong with that. I like that. Stuff right, right. What else are you going to do? You're like 65. But does this really only apply to people 65 on average? Well, there's I think a, it applies to like 25-year-olds and But there's other things they can do. And, yeah, well. There, there's a lot more range you go of things. hiking. Yeah, when you're like 100, surfing, you ain't going to hike yeah. and surfing. You might break a hip trying to do this. Right, yeah. <laughs> Climbing the stairs. <laughs> Have you seen the, those commercials for like the... The chair that the takes chair? you up? Yeah. yeah it's, I want to get one of those. I'm tired Every of Every horror movie the from the 80s had one. <laughs> and a grandma would come down on the stairs. But really, it's like, do we need a study to know these these things? Because they're pretty straightforward and common sense. And here's another example of studies we didn't really need studies for. Like, conclusions we didn't really need the science behind. But it's good to back it up. I'm not knocking science and studying these common sense ideas. They have found, the study finds... And this is just straight common sense, folks. That the blood of younger people creates anti-aging in older people. <gasps> I mean, you know this, right? You knew this forever. I mean, how do you make money on the side? <laughs> just fixing AC units? I've been selling, man. Life sells from two blocks away. <laughs> no, but it really is a fascinating study. That's amazing. Uh, where they took the blood of older or younger mice and put it in older mice. They live longer? And Yes. It Apparently, it's a certain protein that younger blood produces at a higher rate. And that as you get older, that particular protein declines um, it, essentially known as nad nad um, yeah yeah right could have put an s nad fuels you know anti-aging prevents aging the hypothalamus is akin to the control center for aging but needs nad to work efficiently when we have lower levels of the powerful protein in the blood, the hypothalamus loses steam as less NAD is created, less NAD, and one's lifespan decreases. In past studies on aging, researchers used whole blood transfusions from young to old mice. So the authors wondered what would happen if they only isolated this protein. And it led to all sorts of great effects. They include fewer problems with vision loss, weight gain, mobility issues, or cognitive deficiencies so maybe they could isolate uh, i'm not suggesting because there's always these theories that like rich you know like wall street and hollywood types are like you know 
persuading the younger and the vulnerable, less you know, well off, to like give me some of your blood. So Dracula, man, yeah, it's what the if, whole vampire thing. What if they take two of these polymers and it's like the fountain of youth? Mm-hmm. Then the fountain of youth is in. Two but the of them, idea that you could have isolate this protein from younger blood and then give it to people as more of a it doesn't have to be a full blood transfusion so it's not as intrusive and that you could reverse the aging process or at least slow it down to a great degree i don't know if you completely reverse it combine that with things we're finding out about stem cell therapy you would be 150 fascinating and you know just straight common sense right Young yeah. blood is good. Mm. Brahms, right. It is funny, though, how like we do have uh, the mythology of vampires. Yeah. And it kind of, in a weird it way... Makes it makes sense now. Makes sense. It, it, it also, obviously, creeps you out. Yeah, of course. And, but there are, for a reason, vampires are sort of these seductive monsters. They're not They're like a werewolf or uh, you know, whatever. Some old creeper in a cape. Mm-hmm. But he, he can persuade and seduce you into giving you... Him is your blood. Nowadays, we call him a sugar daddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I just thought that was uh, that was interesting. That that's was interesting. cool, man. That is uh, that that's about equal to the first. Oh, here's study. here's another study that says older men want more sex. Yeah, we already covered that. Yeah, we already covered that. So, to the weird, wild world of politics. Well, Bernie Sanders didn't like Donald Trump's rally last night. What's the quote? Trump rallies are an hour and a half of lies, distortions, and total absolute nonsense. Well, I suppose from a certain perspective, Bernie, I think many people could describe your ideas that way as well. Again, from a certain perspective, like mine. Um, I'm not a big fan of that old coot Bernie Sanders. I like Larry David better. Yeah, well, at least he's just funny. Yeah, in a weird way. It's it, we're getting to the point though where the, the hyperbole is a little much for me, um, and from both sides, it's just it's I can do it with the best of them. But you know, Don Lemon says Trump could become like Hitler. It starts with little lies. Well, but wait, Don, Mister Lemon, be with me here for a second. What politician has not told little lies? Seriously. That dog that got reelected? Yes. <laughs> yes, a Minnesota town elected, reelected a dog as mayor. Now, that's the best Those type of politician. People. That is a great, great idea. I think we should have a dog in Montgomery, Alabama. The mayor's race is coming up, and I'm not Aww. knocking the other candidates. I'm just saying, Fluffy how can you get to better win. than a dog? <laughs> and, of course, we've been playing all day on the news. It's been around. Uh, another study finds that... Evolutionary biologists uh, have essentially figured out that dogs, you know, the puppy dog eyes look. Oh, yeah. that's a evolutionary benefit that they developed better muscles in the eyes in order to move the eyebrows to give the appearance. They're kind of, oh, please help me, like a baby yeah. might look up at you. That that's a, to their advantage in persuading humans to pay attention to them, to treat them nicely, and it's very different than the dog's ancestor, the wolf. So, okay, that's kind of cool. Again, somewhat common sense. And now it's ingrained in their genes. So we went from a learned thing yeah. to being part of them that will never go away. Well, that's essentially what it is. You adapt yeah. over and time. And just remember that when a wolf comes up and he doesn't give you well, puppy dog eyes. It is amazing to look at something like a, a French 
bulldog or Boston Terrier or like a, a teacup chihuahua or something. Like, you used to be a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> look at what... But then you I might say, look that. at what humans have done to you, but it's like, those dogs have it made, yeah, man. That's the life. They're the ones who have domesticated us. Exactly. Like, all we do is feed them and love on them. And rub and all over them. Make weird noises like, oh, look at you. <laughs> Like the effect those dogs have on humans is amazing. In many ways, I think they're the ones that are, again, domesticating us and in charge of us. I, I always have that thought. It's like, who's really in charge here? It's obviously the pet. Like, they can't fend for themselves, and that's the trick. They make you fend for them. Do you remember a little movie called Homeward Bound? <laughs> Homeward Bound. <laughs> The yes, kid, I do. Two dogs actually. and the yeah. cat get lost. One of them, Michael J. Fox. Love that movie yeah. as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, and the one dog doesn't understand the porcupine. Like, don't yeah. go in. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Oh, apparently Trump doesn't want war with Iran, according to Mike Pompeo. But, you know, we're doing everything just short of that. It's like, you know, I... I don't want to sleep with your wife, but I'm, like, sending her texts all the time about... How terrible you are as a husband. <laughs> That's essentially what we're doing to Iran. But with war. Good, give me a break. Come on. And I don't want war with Iran. I don't think it'd be wise. Uh, but there's something about the show-me state. And with Tom Cotton, I'm not knocking his service or his brilliance. But uh, he says that Iran needs to act like a civilized nation or face the full might of the American military. Because civilized nations make... Just straight up threats to completely destroy you if you don't act how we want. It's like, come on, man, temper it a little bit. Like, the United States will defend ourselves if you attack us or our allies. Then you might face the full might of the U.S. military, the full force and might of this fully operational military. But, you know, it's one thing to say we'll defend ourselves. It's another thing to say you need to act like a civilized country or we'll, like, kill all of you. That is insane well, give me to a say. Break. Yeah. I mean, but that's the nature of uh, politics today in many, in many ways. It's just a weird, weird world. Now, something happened when I was up in uh, Saratoga Springs that I failed to mention on air. I have not mentioned this yet. What the heck happened there? Excuse me. My headphones... My plug came out. Excuse chair me. Chair That's yeah. a nice chair. Yeah, it feels good. Uh, I'm feeling good in this chair. It's got, it's got two grooves. It's got Greg's butt groove and my butt groove, <laughs> and Baron's as well. They kind of fit together. And it's like it's progressively who's smaller. I'm not going to tell you whose is whose. Um, <laughs> but I'm up in Saratoga Springs, and we had planned to have my brother's bachelor party on Thursday night. And the bachelor party went off wonderfully. Uh, it really did work, but we had to make a change of plans before we had that wonderful evening. The initial idea, because uh, my brother and I have a share of love for comedy, it was comedy, George Carlin in particular, that on the night we learned Mom had died, and we saw it coming, that Carlin kind of got us out of our funk. Mostly, he was making jokes about death. I remember that in one of his specials. Like... Well, maybe we should watch this. It's, cool, it's, it's cathartic, in a way. But also, we just love a good time, a good laugh. Like a lot of the helps. latest comedians are just, just fantastic. So we're thinking there's a there's actually a pretty legit comedy club in Saratoga Springs called Comedy Works. So I looked it up, and I'm not knocking anybody's 
pride. Or group, you know. To each his own, man. But it was Pride Night at the Comedy Works in Saratoga Springs, New York. And I didn't think that would exactly be the ideal setting for a bachelor party. <laughs> it's like, oh, we had to change our plans. And, you know, fine. It's fine. So what they turn into? Oh, uh, well, what we did is, I mean, we just went out drinking, slowly but surely. Cool. We had a few beers at one place, then had a few more beers and food at another place, then went to the Bourbon Room Bar. Oh, I heard about that. Bought my brother, he had some of the Pappy. That's awesome. Van Winkle, the 23, I believe. How right. much was that glass? Two ounces was $85. Ooh! Ooh! You now, know what happened one Split day? amongst five of us for him, it wasn't too bad. But, like, man. Oh. And oh. it was, the question I always have with that sort of stuff, whether it's fine cigar or, or wine or bourbon or whatever, scotch, is is it just expensive or is it also good? I can confirm. He gave me a very tiny sip. It's also very, very good. <laughs> very, very good. I, I loved it. Um, I loved it. I heard you've been on the not drinking wagon. Is that going to yeah, become a thing? I, I think so. I mean, after this week of essentially you know, revelry, yeah. Um, I mean, I behaved myself for the most part. I, I didn't do anything stupid, but it was... Uh, I, I, my body just doesn't feel good. And also, the next day, like, mentally, I don't feel good. Sad, man. Like, again, I, I've no said this earlier in the week, but I feel like dread and guilt when I wake up in the morning, even if I haven't done anything. It's the worst part. Yeah, it's uh, it's not fun. Yeah, not And cool. so, it's just... I'm, I'm good. It's just easier not to. I'd rather just wake up tired than wake up tired and sad. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no need for any of this. Oh, oh, look at this. Uh, Trump says the Democrats want to destroy you. I, I feel like everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling like they all are out to get us. Exactly. we exactly. got concentration camps on the border, according to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Every time I eat lettuce, I feel like I'm going to get salmonella. Mm-hmm. But you know, according to Trump, Bernie and Biden want to set up the gulag archipelago, much like the Soviet Union. It's just, at a certain point, I, I push back from the desk. And this is why I don't watch cable news. It's just a bunch of grown adults who are fairly intelligent or else they wouldn't be in that position yelling at each other like a bunch of morons. Pointing fingers and acting like little kids. Yeah. It gets us back to this whole censorship idea. It's terrible. It's just relax But if for it makes a you feel any better, I, I travel a lot and people seem to be not as blind as you would think. Right. Now, that's the thing. If you actually just go out into the world and you get out of the political bubbles... Most people are pretty cool. They have their opinions yeah. about different things. You might agree or disagree. But everybody's cool. Everybody's pretty chill about it. I mean, you occasionally run into the yahoos like myself who are like in it all the time and they're a little tense and like, <laughs> about to explode with anger and resentment. But uh, usually people are just trying to live their life. And it's something I keep coming back to is most people just want to have a good life. They don't really care at the end of the day who's in power as long as that person isn't screwing up their life. Now, I can be a bit of a hard ass on this issue in the sense that don't screw with my freedoms, my liberties. Who gave you the right to do that? I'm not screwing with yours. Don't mess with mine. That seems to be the basic idea we've worked out here in America and the West in general. So, we'll see where it goes, but... This 2020 campaign, I think, will have to be one where I laugh. Oh, most to definitely. To keep myself from crying. <laughs> 
or yelling at small children in parks. Because that's how I, what I feel like doing at times. It's like, don't ever grow up. <laughs> Growing up means your ideals just melt into nothing. Like teach Rose how to wave her, waggle her finger at you. Yeah. <laughs> Growing up is losing your ideals and becoming resentful against yourself and everybody in the world. You come over to you and grab your pant leg and go, grow up, <laughs> right. grow up, never grow up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting time, but man, what a day tomorrow. I believe Baron Coleman will be gone. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're so doing I'll, double duty. I'll be here 9 to noon alongside Dave Mowry, uh-huh. the chairman. Brilliant man. Great guy. It's going to get weird. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I may try to pop in if I can. That's all. I'll yeah, say something. of course. I was going to invite you anyway. Thank you for inviting yourself. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like a... As a Nazi! To invite himself <laughs> in. <laughs> eh? <laughs> is it an open chair in is the studio? Do you mind? Do you mind? Don't make me ask again. I like to say nice to He makes me feel short. <laughs> <laughs> I love his pants. Somebody needs to sponsor his tiny little shorts because you know they'll be cheap because there's not much to them. Well, are you talking about my lederhosen? <laughs> oh, I see you looking at my lederhosen, Mr. Spotlaw. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, and then after nine to noon, I believe Dan Morris will also be out. Really? Yeah. So I will be hosting the Dan Morris show. Now I'm going to try to stay true to both shows. Stay true to you better Baron style, and with Dave here, Baron sending us a lot of news articles, gave us his big pile of stuff he's been researching. So we'll try to stay true to that. And then with Dan, I'll collect a lot of clips and. Make sure the clips go by well um, and really present the news. There's some information coming out about uh, Hillary Clinton's emails, big breaking news. I don't know if anything will come of it, but I'll I'll share what's out there in the political happenings. And uh, so it'll be six straight hours of Joey. Wow, that's awesome. I get to drive for eight tomorrow, so I'm totally going to listen to you. Okay, cool, man. (laughs) Yeah, I think it'll work out. I'm probably going to be a little delirious. I'm, I'm. but it, sometimes it's a train wreck, but sometimes I come up with brilliant crap. Who yeah, knows? man, you'll do fine. By like 6 o'clock, you will be angry at the world, and yeah. I'll just be glad I'm not here. Oh, <laughs> it'll be entertaining at 6. I'll be dog-tired. Maybe I'll invite Southernwood in. I'll a lot more lunion. You know, it'll, it'll be good. It'll be good. No, it's all right. It does feel good to be back, though, folks. I was missing Alabama at the end of this trip. I, I just wanted to be home in my own bed. Able to shoot the... Well, actually, I have to say, I was happy to be back in Alabama. But folks, if we put Roy Moore up as our nominee again, I should have stayed in upstate New York. Seriously. Come on. What Really? That guy... Why not Tommy Tuberville? Why not Bradley Byrne? Why not John Merrill? Please, Roy Moore, don't do it. Don't do it, Roy. Don't run for U.S. Senate, all right? Thank you for listening, folks. Screw you, Facebook. And screw you, all you politicians trying to solve all the world's problems. You're just making things worse. And old people, yes. They know what to do. They know what to do to enjoy their lives. I'll be back tomorrow, early at 9 o'clock in the morning. Joey Clark. You kept the secret